Welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast, where we talk all things social media marketing to help your Christian media, Christian missionary, or church outreach find the seekers in your context. We want to help you get the right message in front of the right person at the right time and even on the right device. Are you ready? Here's your host, John Rawls, owner of Kavanaugh Media. Hey gang, thanks for being a part of the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. My name is John, and I was reflecting today of just how thankful I am for the going on three years that God has been allowing us to work with mission teams and churches all around the world to be able to help them make Jesus famous. And I am honored to do it. Uh, so many of you I, I've gotten to know and have become friends. And I, I just, I really am thankful today for you all and for taking some time out to listen to this podcast each week. It is my hope that it is a blessing and a help to you. Now, on today's podcast, I have just the, the pleasure, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you as well, to have Curtis Sargent. Curtis is a disciple-making movement trainer, and he has been in the room and has trained people who have trained people, who have trained people. He is just such a humble, but really just such a knowledgeable man of God when it comes to discipleship and really helping disciples make disciples. He has a ministry that's called Medicamp. He also works with the 2414. He's a global facilitator with them. And he also is a part of the Zume project. And Zume is what I really wanted to have him on today on this podcast to share with you about because I believe that it is some content that might help you as you get further down the funnel to helping the people that you are you're seeing come to you through your media to help them grow as disciples in Jesus and to make disciples themselves. And so without any more delay, here is my conversation with Curtis Sargent. All right. Well, I am super thankful, Curtis, to um, have you on the podcast. Every week, I end up talking with the people before I hit record. And it's it's just a blessing to me to have you on here and to, I just know it's going to be a blessing to other people as well. Um, Curtis, you are a, a trainer of trainers and you're also honestly one of the most humble people I think I've ever met. And uh, I, I didn't want to tell you that till I put you on the spot here by hitting record, but I just remember being, I think we were in Ohio in a hotel room and hearing you at times share stories of just how God has used your you, your training, the whole idea of of just people being disciples worth reproducing and being a part of several trainings that you have done. I know that you grew up in Taiwan, which is a country that's very, very close to my heart as well to that. So thank you for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my privilege to be with you. So, uh, Curtis, you are, I know you're a global facilitator. You're a 2414. You have your training that you do to help disciples make disciples, uh, church planning movements, disciple making movements. You have worked with 
people like Rick Warren and all sorts of people. So it, it is, you bring such a wealth of experience about just discipleship. And I would love to just have a conversation with you today and with all the people that listen to this podcast, really just talking about digital discipleship, because what we do in Christian media marketing or in that marketing process, the seeds of discipleship have to be there or we're just doing vanity types of things. We're, we were talking before we hit record, you know, we've got the election coming up here. We have the second wave of the pandemic that's happening. In, in your experience, both around the world and, and in the U.S., how do you see discipleship being impacted digitally and physically in, in the world that we're, we're living in right now? Yeah, that's been really interesting. Um, you know, I don't have a long period of experience in the digital realm. You know, I was uh, non-digital, but had gotten into it, you know, for a little while, you know, these last few years. And I've been shocked, as I think a lot of other people who, with a lot more media experience, have been shocked at how much increase there is just in traffic in the digital space. Mm. And it, it will be really interesting to see. And you didn't mention the, you know, kind of coming wave of 5G. Um, and yep. that could also have some pretty significant um, impact on that. But I don't, I don't think there's any going back for good or bad for the strengths or weaknesses. Um, I think digital is going to, from this point on, be an increasing, you know, part of how people communicate, how, you know, yeah, just how everything happens. And so we better figure out how to maximize it. Sure. And one of the things of the Jonathan training, when I've gone through it and then helped participate in it at times, even with you, has been this idea of duckling discipleship or and also just a a disciple worth reproducing what do you think that looks like on a personal level so like speaking just to me to, to, i i just love your input so for me as an individual in this world that we live in right now what should my what should i be doing or not doing maybe on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else and not so much which channel but just what does that look like to be a disciple worth reproducing in this digital world yeah um again i'm i'm no expert at all in the digital realm but the general principle that i think would apply to the digital realm as well is that i think we often forget how impactful modeling is mm. you know again for good or for bad there are many things that people pick up in observing us and I'm, you know, that absolutely will happen in how we interact and, you know, when and with whom on digital media. And those, you know, it's the old cliche that, you know, there's no second chance for a first impression. Mm -hmm. And um, we're setting up patterns either that will reinforce where we're trying to go or we have to overcome them later. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it, it does. It's just been one of those ones where I'm I'm thinking through what would Jesus do? Would he even be using social media? Would he would he use these tools? Would he would he be using marketing to try to find 
you know, to share his word, his message. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? What do you think on that? Yeah, well, um, honestly, the reason I'm so late in the digital space was that for many years, um, I was so convinced, and, and I still am to an extent, that face-to-face -face, um, interactions are, you know, stronger and deeper and, and so on, um, especially early in, you know, disciple-making processes. So I just chose, you know, not to invest time in the other. But as time went on, I began to realize there are some things where digital is stronger, you know, that it does have more potential than face-to-face. -face. And so it doesn't have to be an either or, it can mm -hmm. be both and. And um, I think particularly the, the advantages of face-to-face -face in some ways become less important the farther we get into the process, you know? Um, but yeah. At any so rate. What, what do you mean by that? I'm curious about your thoughts. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, what I was talking about with the first impressions and, you know, the, the importance of modeling, especially at the very beginning, there are, you know, aspects of body language mm -hmm. and, and so on. And just the, some nuances that can get lost in digital that are much more evident in face-to-face -face interactions. And so at the beginning of a relationship with someone, you know, I think the, the advantages are bigger for, you know, the face-to-face. -face. And here I'm speaking in terms, especially of disciple-making, you know, aspects. Sure. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I, I, I'm of the opinion right now that we're longing for face-to-face -face and that, whenever, whatever the new normal is going to be, digital is going to be a part of that. So we've been introduced to it. Uh, for me doing like with my cancer checkup, sometimes with the VA, it's done through Zoom calls now. I mean, like there's just all these things are changing so much and, and so quickly. And yet I think there's all that's doing is driving this desire for us to have physical face-to-face -face contact again and to meet with people and and be able to do that. So I, I could see that wave of that coming into it. The, the trainings that you all do, and, and I want to talk a little bit about Zoom A training. Uh, the podcast, I always try to keep it short enough that it's a cup or two of coffee for, for people as they're listening to it and, and, and drinking their morning coffee or so. But I, I really want to be able to have people hear about what, because I think this was born uh, I, this is your vision, isn't it? So the Zuma training, the Zuma project, that whole thing uh, was born from your vision or your idea of that. Can you share a little just background to Zuma before we talk about it even more? Yeah, so um, I was actually meeting with a few um, close friends that we meet together a couple of times a year and began, you know, talking about how we've focused, all of us in that group have focused our efforts really for our lifetime, adult lifetime anyway, on 
kind of the least reached parts of the globe, but how we were sensing a need in a, for significant ministry in the United States as well, because we felt like, you know, the country had lost, you know, its awareness and, and uh, maturity or whatever in terms of the church in the country. And um, so then this idea for Zume just suddenly came and I could see the whole thing, <laughs> you know, just right away as soon as we started talking about it. So essentially what it is, is a, an introductory level training for multiplying disciples in simple churches. And it's, uh, you know, sort of a self-guided process intended for going through as a, with a small group, but we have ways that you can, you know, go through the materials as an individual as well. I don't know if we'll have time to get into that, but, um, and so it's uh, whiteboard videos, you know, kind of video scribe format. Mm -hmm. And it uses a pattern where a topic is introduced and then the people going through it make some commitments about how they're going to implement that. And then, the next time they meet, they'll debrief how things have gone in their implementation, get some new content and so on. And so this is sort of a, again, a self-guided training process. And so far we've translated it. I think today on our website, we've got 33 languages complete and um, have seven or eight more that we're hoping to finish by the end of this year. So, you know, there's like 5.3 billion, I think currently that that would be a national or trade language, you know, for, and that's all that we plan to raise funds for. But if somebody wants it in a smaller, you know, language, regional language, we're happy to provide them the, kind of guidance and support on how to do that and then we'll host that site for them and everything so um that you know might be of interest to some people yeah in terms of how it can be used there's several different use cases um one that was kind of important to me personally was I do a lot of live training and at the introductory level you can do a lot of live training and not get that many people who are serious practitioners of these multiplicative approaches for disciple making and church planting. And so um, one use case is having it as a, in, a, in a sense a filter for people who are really serious about doing this. If somebody's willing to go through all of the Zume content on their own they have an idea of what's in it and they're still serious about it. That tells me that person is worth investing more in more advanced training, more coaching, more mentoring. And we've got a network of people. So in the Zume 
system, you can sign up for a coach at any time and we'll appoint, you know, or assign a coach to you that's somebody who is a, a, an actual practitioner, somebody with experience who can answer questions, guide you through the process. And it's way more likely that that will be time well invested than on average starting somebody from the very beginning, you know, with live training. And so that's one use case. Another one is reinforcement or repetition. You know, repetition is important in, you know, education, but particularly it seems as if when we're talking about training people to multiply disciples in simple churches, there are lots of practices that sort of go against most people's instincts or what they have seen or experienced. And so it is, well, I would say nobody really gets it all the first time they're trained in these things. And so having them get access to the, these concepts and ideas two times, three times, four times, for most people, it's gonna take that many times before it really clicks or, or they understand all the aspects and how they fit together. And it's not that it's that complicated. It's just that it's against everything they've seen or, you know, experienced before in many right. cases. Um, another use case is um, sort of pr providing training wheels, as it were, for people who are new in these approaches, because part of this whole process is every person who gets trained becomes a trainer you know that you know that's what it's about is the reproduction and at the very beginning some people can have some hesitancy about things they didn't really catch or fully understand the first time and so on and so they can pull up one of the zume videos to introduce the concept until they get comfortable, you know, as a trainer and just being able to do it on their own. Sure. Um, of course, the multilingual aspect is helpful because the world is getting to be a smaller and smaller place in a lot of ways. And pretty much everybody interacts with people who speak other languages. And of course, we learn best in our you know, the languages we're more familiar with. So I can communicate with people who speak any of these 33 languages in a sense and know exactly what's being communicated because it's exactly the same as the English, which I'm very familiar with. Right. And so, you know, that's a strength. And so there's lots of different ways it can be used. One of which is uh, much newer is as a follow-up for online evangelism. So, you know, there are lots of groups engaged in online evangelism. And one struggle with those is what do you do with people who indicate a decision from online evangelism? Right. And, you know, I think generally all of those ministries, they, they understand the importance of doing follow-up. And so most of them either do, you know, offer online follow-up from, you know, people just respond, who respond to those who make those commitments. But 
if you ask them what percentage of the people who indicate decisions give their contact info so they can be followed up, it's almost universally less than 10%. And so what happens to the other 90%? Right. And the, the other thing that's often done is um, a number of evangel online evangelism ministries try to connect people with an existing church. Well, that's great if that existing church is multiplying disciples and multiplying churches, but only a tiny fraction of churches in the world are giving that or discipling people in that way. Or there's even and churches in these locations to right. send people to. Right. Yeah. You know, so you have, you know, it's questionable. Are they really getting what they need? Because the, I think one temptation in online ministries is that we can forget that the biblical mandate isn't, you know, getting a lot of likes or a lot of downloads or a lot of hits or, you know, whatever. The, the stated goal that, you know, the Lord gave us is to make disciples who are obedient, and that includes people who are making other disciples. Mm -hmm. So this making multiplying disciples, that's the goal. And, you know, it's easy to get to forget that because it is exciting seeing, you know, big numbers. So we just started doing um, some follow-up as a sort of a pilot project with one online evangelism group. And so last week, for example, and this was, we're only doing the test in English. And last week, for example, 12,000 of more than 12,000 of the people who indicated decisions but declined to give their contact information were routed to our Zoomate training. And well, more than that did it, but 12,000 actually, actually started through the training. Mm. um which is that you know a lot for one week yeah and um those are people that they never would have seen them again what happens is they hit their website they decline to give their information as as they're navigating away this pop-up comes up and says hey since you don't want to give your information here's a way you can follow up kind of on your own and that's where we got twelve thousand over 12,000 people last week actually starting through the training. And um, so we're in discussions with several other, you know, big online evangelism groups to do similar things now. And with that group, we're getting ready to ramp up in other languages because, you know, we have almost all the languages that they they function in well uh, that's great well that's the uh, i know for for me and for the ad accounts that, that i run um i'm going to be utilizing zoome as part of the ads and part of that that funnel process of not only just okay you know so, for example, one of the ones that I've been doing a lot of ads for is prayer. How can we pray for you or things about that? Well, there's then teaching people not only just prayer, but then how to prayer walk or just how they can engage their communities or be out or do all of that. And so um, I intend to be putting a lot of ad money behind 
promoting this idea of next steps digitally for people for what does it mean for a disciple to be able to do that? So what about for, and, and we're really almost out of time, but what about for the coaches? Do you have those in these other languages and there's people to engage with them or where are you at on that process? Yeah, we definitely need more. Okay. Um, more coaches and really for most of our languages, we're still looking for what we call language champions. And that would be somebody who puts together a team to, in a sense, own that language. So they will manage the website. They will recruit co- the coaches in that language. They will, you know, to do the follow-up with the people going through the training, they will, you know, run the site in their language and you know of course as all of us that are involved in this these are all volunteer positions but it seems to me that for a lot of uh, groups especially that are already engaged in online ministry this could be a really tremendous tool because they're getting the website that's already developed in that language you know yeah and uh, we're we're paying the cost for the you know maintenance and running of it and all of that, and um, it could provide a way to really increase the scope of ministry. You know, for, I think for some you know some online ministries, and um, it helps in a sense to create more of a participative, you know, engaging activism, you know, people taking responsibility. It's not a passive individualistic consumeristic approach. They're going through this stuff. They're actually applying it. They're actually reproducing it. Um, And that is what it will require if we're going to make disciples who multiply. I agree. I think you talked, or I think you mentioned earlier, if not on this episode, it was in our conversation before it about how, how we finish is impacted by how we start, you know, the way you start, that's how you need to progress. And so the whole online experience, we need to reframe it in such a way that it isn't this passive consumer experience it's instead you know engaging people in actively applying what they're what they're learning and yeah so i think that's really important yeah i i really really do curse i i just so appreciate any chance i get to talk with you i so am i'm just so thankful that you've listened to god in the creation with you and the others of the team to to build this out this zoom a training uh to it's it is as i say many times with digital a force multiplier you know from my military background that's it is something that just expands out so much larger and i am going to be using it in a lot of our digital campaigns all around the world i know i'm just excited for all the languages i'm excited because i know what's in the training I'm excited to see people being taught obedience and to scripture and hearing from God and his word and just obeying what he says. I mean, just simplistically fulfilling what Jesus said there. And so as with any tool, there's, you know, it's, it's not all encompassing, but what a great tool to give to churches 
even if they can meet back face to face, this is something that they could do in groups. They could do watch parties online. Like you said, individuals could be doing this. So I just hope that the people who listen to this podcast will go. I'm going to put in the show notes, contact information for you, for the Zume training, for the website where they can go to. I hope there's language champions that will take this up and want to push the coaching and being able to do that and that God will bless that. And so uh, thank you for all that you do for the kingdom. I am just honored to to know you. I have been blessed by your training and doing that. And I hope it is to the people on this podcast as well. I hope that they will take it, they will use it, that God will get get the glory from it. And um, let's just keep pushing forward. So uh, I would love to talk for another hour with you, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm gonna have to say goodbye and thank you for now on that. And for those of the people listening to this, please reach out, use this this material that's out there and get in touch with you, Curtis, because it would be a tremendous blessing to them as well. So thank you for all that you're doing for the kingdom, brother. Thanks so much for having me. All right. There is a fellow disciple maker, a friend, a mentor. And a person has really impacted me. And so I hope that uh, my conversation with Curtis was a blessing to you today. If you want to know more, make sure you check out the show notes on our Kavanaugh Media website where I will have links to Curtis's material and also to Zume itself so that you can see if this is something that can help you make disciples who make disciples. Now, just to give you a heads up, next week's podcast, I'm going to be talking about what happens when your ad account gets blocked. What's going on there? What are some steps that you can do? Because it's been happening a lot to different people. So I'm going to be sharing some real nuts and bolts, a podcast about what to do when your ad account gets blocked or you're finding ads are getting denied, all of those kind of things. So I hope that you'll listen to that. And I hope that you'll keep testing and pushing forward to make Jesus famous. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. We hope you subscribe to it and that you'll share it with those who are also laboring for the Lord to find seekers in their contacts. May God bless you in all you do for him and for his kingdom.